Hello everyone, welcome to episode 9 of Inside Kevin C. This episode is going to be kind of unique because um, I did not get a guest for this episode, but I made a commitment that I was going to create a podcast for today. So here we are. I've decided to do a sort of uh, Idaho smash memoir from my perspective. So I'm just going to be talking about basically my most, if not, yeah, most of my experience in the Idaho smash scene and just kind of everything as I saw it um, and as I experienced it. And so I thought that would be kind of interesting to kind of look over my four or five years in the Idaho Smash community and uh, see what I've learned, see how I've changed, um, just kind of go down memory lane. And uh, I think probably a lot of the older uh, Smashers that I know or a lot of the old Melee or PM players might especially appreciate this. And um, yeah, so I hope you enjoy it. It's kind of a weird look into uh, <laughs> my whole past, but um, I think it would be kind of interesting anyways. Um, and also, I'm going to be linking the uh, a bunch of pictures from all of these years of the Smash community of me um, in the show notes, so hopefully that'll be obvious um, wherever you're listening, and... Um, if not, I'll just add the link to uh, the post I make on uh, whatever platform. So definitely check out those. There's some good ones in there. Um, a lot of funny stuff, in my opinion. It's funny to see how we've all evolved. Um, so check that out as well. All right, so freshman year of college for me, 2014, um, me and my dorm mates are all super bored one day, and we decide we're going to break out Super Smash Bros, because why not? Everyone always has fun doing that for 20 minutes before you go off and do something else. And uh, we play it, super fun, kind of. It's Brawl, actually. <laughs> we're, I'm playing with Wii remotes and nunchucks, which is actually how I used to play way back in the day. Pretty gross looking back on it now. And uh, we're just playing on my doormate's bed uh, in his tiny little room on this tiny little TV. But we're still having a blast, so we do it for a couple days, actually. And eventually we hear about the Smash community. Um, funny story, I think my friend Mitchell, who is also a doormate, um, posted on Bronco Confessions 2.0, which... Um, it was a Facebook group that uh, people would anonymously submit, like, crushes and stuff to. And he, he submitted that. He wanted to start a Smash Club. Um, and we ended up finding, oh, there is already one. And it's kind of just right off campus at the Michigan house. So we go there once. We meet Dom. Um, Dom's pretty... Dom was pretty intimidating to all of us freshmen back then, and uh, we just go the one time to the first fest for whatever reason. I don't know why it didn't stick, but maybe we're maybe we're busy, we're doing other stuff. I honestly can't remember. But we yeah we just uh, went once 
until the end of the year, and then I didn't really get my, um, really competitive inkling until my sophomore year when I actually started getting involved in the scene. So at this time I was like messing around with Mario and Lucas and then uh, was slowly transitioning into being a Ganon main actually. So crazy times. And then, oh, also I want to mention, uh, so we moved on from Brawl pretty quickly uh, and we found about about Project M just through YouTube. So we downloaded 3.02 and we're just messing around with that. And at that time, actually, if you can believe it, literally all of Idaho Smash, or at least, you know, Idaho Smash as Boise Smash, uh, was PM. There were no melee setups, no one was playing Brawl. Um, Brawl was still the butt of every joke. And um, that's really all I knew. So, of course, I'm going to play PM. And... Hopefully that adds some more context as to why some of us PM players are still kind of, like, hanging around with that game. Man, old habits die hard. I just have such a love for it, and it's been such a part of my life for so long. It's hard to... It's hard to switch over, and, uh... I don't know, if you didn't start off with PM, it's it's understandable why <laughs> you wouldn't be into it. Uh, but for me and a lot of other people, um... Who went to Boise back then, who I knew, um... It's just near and dear to our hearts. <clears throat> so, sophomore year comes around. I end up moving in with this dude I met through one of my doormates, Raphael Jones. And he was a big smasher. He used to come over to our dorm and play with us all the time. And so, he and I lived together in on-campus housing. And Mitchell, our... Uh, our third main smasher uh, was also kind of... He just hung out with us at our apartment a ton. He didn't actually live there, but he was just there 24-7. It kind of felt like he lived there. So um, we played all the freaking time. Holy cow. Our whole lives turned into Project M and Super Smash Bros. I especially, I think, was obsessed. I would wake up and, like, drink coffee, make breakfast, and then just watch uh, professional or semi-professional VODs for, like, hours, <laughs> even on days when I had class. And then I would spend, like, three hours a day playing with people until they got bored, and then I would practice tech skill. I would try to learn how to Dacus. I was so obsessed with Dacusing. And uh, chain-grabbing with Ganon and just being the best the best player I could become. At this point, I was um, attending like every Smash at 8, which was at the old uh, house on Michigan Street. I'm sure a lot of you know. And uh, yeah, I just loved going over there. It was like a totally different world. I look forward to Sunday nights so much, which was the uh, the day that the weekly was held or the uh, the fest. And... Oh, man. I would always walk over. Um, usually usually with people. I would bring my coffee, because I was, and still am really, just obsessed with coffee. I had this whole routine. 
go to Starbucks or whatever, bring coffee, get coffee, bring my controller, and just like plant myself on that huge sectional couch and uh, <laughs> just snuggle in and play on the giant TV in that in that place for hours until 2 a.m. So we're talking, you know, six to eight hours, depending on how motivated or how uh, entranced I was. Uh, Dom would always play uh, Turbo Bass, which is not really anything in particular. It's just kind of like Super Smash Bros. or music to play Super Smash Bros. to. But, uh... A lot of it was like house or electronic, and so it's easy to get into, like, time just goes by really quickly. It's kind of weird, actually, but I loved it, and um, that was an interesting time because I was just getting into the scene, and so I was still kind of one of the new guys on the block, and as there is in, I think, anything in life, there's a weird sort of social hierarchy that goes on. Um, in all groups. And Smash was definitely no exception. Um, I remember I would just do whatever I could to get on TVs with the top players, which were like Jack Terry, um, Rabbit Jackal, uh, Jared McHutchison, who is J Money, and Dom being a uh, crack, of course, and, oh, I just love, sitting in a rotation of, like, four, getting whooped over and over, uh, just trying to soak up every bit of smash skill that I possibly could from them, feeling weird, feeling nervous talking to them, it's so bizarre to look back on, um, because people like that, you know, after enough time, they just become your peers, and uh, all the weird anxiety just just goes away. So it's it's strange to think of myself as being nervous around those people now. Um, but that was definitely the case. Um, one funny thing uh, <laughs> that Jared and I actually look back on is uh, one night we actually, just the two of us, stayed at that place until 5 a.m. Like, literally people had probably left three hours ago or whatever, but, uh, I just wanted to keep playing because here I had the current number one player in Idaho at the time at my fingertips. So I wanted to play Ganon DK just as long as I possibly could. And I'm still not really clear what Jared's perspective was because, <laughs> I mean, he could leave at any time, right? I don't know why he was he was spending so much time with uh, with a player as bad as I was at the time, but uh, he's told me that he felt like if he just beat me bad enough or force talked me enough, I would just go home, and he wouldn't have to initiate the separation. But I just didn't give up, so we just played for hours until I don't know. I think just fatigue strikes in and. Uh, yeah, you just get to a point where you can't smash any longer. I think I even have a uh, a tweet that's like five years old that says 5 a.m. and finally smashed out that I that I tweeted from uh, on my on my walk back to my 
apartment from that night. And, uh, yeah, Smash It 8 was just a magical place for all of us at the time. Or a magical event. Another aspect that, um... I think about is how I was just so young at the time. I think I was 18, 19. And, um, it's so weird to me to just, yeah, enter this whole new universe of adults. Everyone's like drinking and smoking more, more so smoking. And, uh, it was just this whole new culture that, um, I wasn't used to and honestly kind of intimidated me, but, uh, getting to know everyone, became super fun, and, uh, yeah, after, you know, a while, it just, it became, uh, a huge part of my life, it was my main focus, which is kind of crazy, so I think that year, this is 2014 or something like that, 2014, maybe early 2015, um, we have Idaho's, like, first and only big Project M tournament, which was the Gem State Rumble. We were super excited about that. There is a picture uh, in the notes of uh, Mitchell, Raph, and I just sitting on a setup at that thing. We all got matching uh, henna tattoos <laughs> of 69, because we were the 69 crew at the time. Actually, yeah, that's a funny thing. My tag used to be Kevin6669. And the origin of that is just me getting sixth place because I lost the tiebreaker for fifth at a uh, super tiny, like, smash it eight, um, I think probably free-to-enter tournament. And, um, or maybe I had gotten sixth at a couple, and Dom was like, oh, you're just Kevin666, and then we ended up forming 69 crew, so I became Kevin6669. So, pretty stupid looking back, but that's just what you do. Um, and so, yeah, we had a whole gr crew going with a lot of my uh, old dorm mates, like Mitchell, Raff. We ended up meeting um, Megan, who a lot of you probably remember. Um, she lived kind of across the way in our dorms, and uh, she joined the crew as well and was often over at our place playing Smash. She was also around for a couple of years taking great photos of everyone. That's, I think, probably all the photos that, <laughs> or most of the photos that I've found are just of, are from Megan taking, uh, taking them at, at the, our events. So props to her. It's fun to look back at those now. So yeah, Gem State Rumble, I think, I ended up getting like ninth or thirteenth or something, and uh, not super exciting, but I was super new and competing was so much fun. So that was not a uh, discouraging at all. And actually, I think for teams, Mitchell and I got fourth or fifth or whatever. I think we were one spot out of the mon out of the money, which was a bummer, but oh well. <laughs> Um, yeah, so going into 2015, I go to my first out-of-state tournament, which was a smash jam in Utah, 
and that was with uh, Dom, Weston, and Nick Cowan, Cowbell, along with, I think we had another car with Lauren and, um, oh, I forget his name, but just two dudes, Lauren at the time I didn't know at all, two other dudes basically roll up and they're like, oh, we're also going to Utah in this carpool that we'd never met, and they're just like, yeah, we're, we're doing it, that's that, I'm like, okay, cool, <laughs> see you there, um, and so at this point I had switched to Rob at some point between Gem State Rumble and uh, this 2015 Smash Jam. And I actually ended up getting second place um, in PM singles and first place with Dom, 69 crew, in doubles. So I was super stoked. I made like 200 bucks. And for me, that was just like everything. That was the top of the world. I was so stoked. Even though I got pretty much like... <laughs> So destroyed in winners finals and grand finals by SK92, who was kind of a douchebag. Honestly, a lot of the Vegas dudes were kind of douchey. Not gonna be, not gonna lie. Um, but he just thrashed me, and uh, that was kind of a bummer. But never mind that. Actually, there's, there's, I only took one game from him, and um. The clip for me winning that game is actually on a lot of, uh, oh, uh, what is it? Um, who's the guy who posts Smash compilations? That dude, anyways. It's on one of those Smash, <laughs> what can I think of? Oh, GR Smash, there you go. GR Smash compilation. So it's him side being off the edge, and it's like most anticlimactic endings or whatever. So <laughs> that was the one game I took. But we take those. So. Yeah. Um, a little bit later in 2015, we got a dope venue at the Crux also, which was a dope coffee shop um, that had a ton of, like, random space. I think it was also a music venue, so that's why they did it. We had some great events there. I really wish... Uh, we could have stayed there for longer, but they ended up closing doors. Um, or closing up shop for whatever reason. And uh, my second out-of-state tournament was kind of a last-minute decision with Jay Money. It was to go all the way up to Spokane, just the two of us driving up there, which is kind of a long drive. And... Uh, just like play the next day at a random monthly they had called Black Wolf. And that was the first time I played Chevy, who is the famous Washington Samus, who had just moved there for whatever reason from Seattle. And he wasn't there for very long, but ended up getting second at that event, beating Jared for, I think, probably one of my first times beating him. Um, maybe first time ever. So that was super exciting, although I did. Um, lose to Chevy, which was kind of a bummer. I think it's, I think it has been my, f it was my first loss to him, and it might be my only loss to him. Lifetime, which is, which is dope. But uh, great, great memories of that. I, I uh, remember getting a pizza with Jared, and it was like, 
pesto something and we spent like half an hour arguing about the math on how to pay for it. It was so dumb. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, so, um, yeah, had a lot of, hosted a lot of great events in that apartment as well with Raph. Um, there's some pictures of those too. So check those out. Um, and then my junior year, um, 2015 slash 2016, uh, that was when I became an RA. And so I had this new RA apartment, which I tried to host events in, which was very cramped. But fortunately we had, um, Knickknack or Ted hosting an event called Captain's Quarters, which was probably the, like, coolest vibe tournament that Idaho Smash has ever had. Um, it's hard to explain because <laughs> it's really just more of the same. It's more like nerds in a cramped place with a bunch of CRT TVs. And I think maybe there was drinking at these events. That's what made them cool. I don't know. I just remember the vibe was seemed so exciting. It was at a... Uh, like a cool new, uh, like trendy student housing place. So that added to it as well. But those were, uh, pretty exciting times. Those were, I was really starting to get into my competitive groove. And this is actually the time when melee, I felt like made a real re entrance into the scene. I started practicing melee. Melee was at all the (laughs) PM tournaments and uh, it became more of a 50-50 thing. I think PM was probably still the more popular game, but uh, Melee was everywhere too. And uh, yeah, that that blows my mind that uh, PM actually had a pretty good run. That uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was the dominant thing for three years or so in Idaho, which is cool. Um, so... Yeah, not not too sure what else to say about my junior year. Not uh, too crazy eventful as far as uh, competitive accomplishments or anything. I think I was number two on the PR for most of that time. And I had slowly climbed up from number, number eight to number four to number two. And uh, that grind was satisfying. And honestly, this time I, f- I felt like my desire for the game was really not waning at all. And so looking back now, having, having lost most of my desire for, (laughs) for Smash, um, it's actually impressive to me that my feelings towards it lasted as long as they did because, you know, three, I'd say three and a half years or so. That's a long time to basically have one thing as your as your main focus, which which it basically was for me. I was playing playing so much, playing with everyone as much as I could, almost every day. Um, yeah, so senior year, um, I'm playing a lot more with uh, with Jared, who's also going to Boise State at the time. I live just off campus. And he lives on campus, so we play um, 
pretty often we usually meet meet somewhere and start start playing melee or PM. Um, and this is when I feel like my skill really exploded because I had access to top tier talent in J Money, uh, like on a daily basis. And I felt like that is what hold, held me back for a while. It's just, it's really hard to track down the top Idaho Smash players, or it was. Jared lived in Meridian for a while and wasn't in my area much. I didn't have a car. He didn't have a car at the time. Uh, Jack Terry was always just, he, he still is kind of a ghost. Like, I don't know what he's doing right now, where he's at. He's hiding, hiding, um on a volleyball court somewhere. And then Dom is just a super, super busy guy. So, um, it's just really hard to track down top level talent and sort of, um, learn what you can from them. You really have to make the most of those small, small windows you have. And so now having this access to Jared, I felt like my skill, um, really was taken to the next level, so ended up going to a couple more out-of-state tournaments. One was Finding Chip, which was mostly a melee tournament, but there ended up being a ton of Project M entrants as well, and I ended up getting second to Bladewise, and, but more importantly, more importantly, I 3-0'd Chevy in winner's finals, or in uh, winner's semis, and I think maybe... 3-0'd him in losers finals. He ended up switching to Ganondorf and uh, it was kind of a mess, but uh, <laughs> I beat his Samus so bad he uh, he didn't want to play that matchup, so that was awesome. And um, senior year also, I think second second semester senior year for me, Jared actually moves in to my apartment after my uh, other roommate left for Korea. <laughs> And uh, then we were just, like, playing all day, all the time, uh, getting getting super good, playing Rob DK just for hours, walking to Starbucks, then playing Rob DK for, <laughs> for even longer. Jared and I actually had a lot in common, looking back, just being obsessed with coffee, lots of, like, similar interests in, in conversation, and, of course, uh, getting really good at Smash, the most important interest of all. Uh, and then 2017, um, going into the summer, I was playing Netplay, like, every single day, just sweating my brains out in my apartment with no AC, playing against all the top Oregon, Washington players that I could in preparation for Nemesis, which was a big PM tournament that all the, a lot of, like, SoCal players were going to. And, um, so I did that for, for hours and hours a day. Super fun. Netplay for PM was never, um, as bad as Melee netplay for whatever reason. That was just my experience. Maybe, uh, I know the, I know frame data in PM is more lenient, so that probably affects it a lot. But, uh, for whatever reason, I felt like I got really good practice from, uh, from netplay. I recall, uh, playing Pikmon for the first time on Netplay, and kind of just uh, beating him in most of the games and feeling like, wow, this guy's like top-level talent, and I'm kind of beating him, and, you know, that's <laughs> that stuff happens on Netplay, and I ended up 
getting absolutely bodied by him um, at at Nemesis that year, but it felt good at the time. Because once you know you're on, you're kind of on the same level as someone, even if you get 3-0'd or even if it's not your best, your best showing, you kind of know that the reality that it hits, or the reality that it's doable hits you. And that's a really satisfying experience. No matter what it is, you know, you could, you can apply that to anything. And so, um, I ended up getting top eight at Nemesis, which I was very excited about because I ended up beating Bladewise in losers in a game five set in order to get top eight, which might be the best win of my career, actually. Um, I've beaten a lot of other good players, but um, as far as overall Smash community, Bladewise definitely has the biggest name, even though he's obviously a melee player um, and not exclusively a uh, PM player. But um, don't get me wrong, it, it does look like he's put a lot of time into PM, at least, at least at tournaments. Don't know the guy, but... And uh, actually, funny story, Sosa, the best PM player in the world, gave me advice going into that set because I had lost to Bladewise previously in winners. And he's he's just like, dude, PJ slow, you're faster, run away. And so that, that set, if you look it up on YouTube, it's actually like the most scared I've ever played a set. And I was just running away from Peach. And then... Um, spamming projectiles but super stoked to take that win absolutely loved it um and then i also that summer i think that was the summer i ended up hanging out with idaho's eagle crew a ton um nathan lewis had a house on boise avenue for a couple years and it was just the place to be for smash and hanging out you know you could you could show up anytime um everyone was chill with it um you could kind of leave when you want there was no it's kind of just a place you could go i forget what you call those houses but uh <laughs> hopefully you know what i'm talking about but you can just come and go as you please nathan's one of the most relaxed um chill dudes i know and so he was uh super generous in letting me hang out there all the time and We'd have Smash Fest there, and I was just there all the time. It kind of became the new, the new Michigan house for me. And uh, also, that that house had precious, precious access to Rabbit Jackal, who hung out there a lot. So, got to play a lot of good melee with him as well. And um, yeah, kind of wrapping up. I think around then was probably the time I, I. Uh, really started realizing that <laughs> the drive just wasn't there. I think that's probably caused by a lot of a combination of a lot of things. Uh it's hard to it's hard to point out exactly just through introspection as I'm sure you you can sympathize with, but um yeah, I just uh went to a couple other tournaments, ended up getting fourth place at the next Nemesis uh which was actually not that long ago. And, oh, funny enough, I was watching the my set with Bladewise uh, 
earlier, and I'm actually wearing the same shirt right now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, um, I'm not sure what else I want to say. I know, um, I meant to say a little, a few more things about what I learned about life through all of this. I think one thing looking back is given how much time I spent studying the pros in Smash and how much I gained from that, um, that's something I'm going to, you know, take into, take into other ventures, you know, learn from the best, look at what the best are doing, um, imitate them as best you can, and then once you've mastered that, you can tailor their, um, their techniques to your personality or your style or, um, your situation. So that's something I think anyone can really apply to anything. Always just go to the best and see what you can, what you can learn from them. And, um, that's, that was true in terms of, you know, getting access to the best players who were in Idaho and, uh, watching all the best, the best players online. Um, another thing I guess you could say about, um, life is that all you really need is one thing in common with someone in order to create a meaningful relationship, I think. Um, I think I'm very different than a lot of the people I met in Smash, and... It didn't matter because we had this one thing in common and that's all it took for us to, you know, eventually build a friendship. And I've, I feel like I've made that connection with so many different individuals through Smash and it's, I'm not going to do any, uh, name drops or anything, but it's, it's crazy how many people I've been able to interact with through Smash and I'm super, super grateful for that definitely is something that, the camaraderie is definitely something that I miss, um, having sort of not been in the, not been in the scene for a while, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, maybe the last conclusion I'll draw is that practicing super hard and being really consistent will make you really successful at whatever you're doing. Um, I've played, you know, probably over 10,000 hours of Smash, and I got super good at PM because of it, and it probably didn't, <laughs> probably didn't pay off monetarily, but, uh, you know, taking that knowledge and using that as inspiration for other ventures, which is what I'm working on now, um, it's inspiring to see that, like, something you don't necessarily have natural talent for. Um, just putting in the, the hours and the hard work can really make you successful if you have the, if you have the drive and the consistency. So anyways, um, hopefully you got something out of this. Hopefully this is probably mostly for, <laughs> for smashers who, uh, who lived through the sort of PM ages in Idaho, but, uh, hope you enjoyed it, whoever you are, hopefully you can 
glean something from this. Also, I highly, highly recommend checking out the pictures. The pictures are awesome. I'm going to put that in the description, I believe, and then I will also add it to um, any posts I make with this podcast. So thank you for listening to episode nine of Inside Kevin C. I know it was kind of a unique, unique episode. Let me know what you think of it. And um, yeah, we will have an actual guest on the next one. So (laughs) we'll, uh, we'll see you then.